All right, welcome back to another episode of Producer Grind Podcast. Carrington and JB with Yo. me. Yo. As usual. And we got my best friend Jacob in the building. What's good with you, bro? Yeah, what's good, man? I'm really happy to be here. All Bucket list. Just Bucket so you guys list. know. Fire, fire. Yeah, I've been watching the show for a while now. So yeah, I've been waiting for my day, my chance to, to get on here and speak. Uh, yeah. Flew yeah. out all the way from, to Nova, from Nova Scotia. That's fire. Uh, well, I actually flew from Canada. I'm originally from Nova Scotia, but uh, sorry, I flew from Toronto. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, Nova Scotia uh, is its own country. And, uh, no, I, I'm originally from Nova Scotia, but I'm, I'm currently stationed in, oh, in, you're Toronto. Based in Toronto. I'm based okay. in Toronto. I've been there mm. for like four years now. Where? Yeah. So yeah, I came in. I had to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we um, you know, we touched base with you about a year ago. You know, we linked up. We did that little mini interview, dropped some gems. Um, but I know a lot has gone on, you know, since that year. And uh, we'll go, we'll backtrack and we'll talk a little bit about your come up. But you know, just fill us in on you know everything that's been going on this past year. Yeah, I think the biggest thing and like what you're referring to is is the Travis Scott doc, um, which mm-hmm. is on Netflix now. Super, super happy about that. It was like a big process. And I was, it's funny because when we were actually doing the interview at the end, I was like, ah, oh, there's something I want to tell you about, but I can't tell you yet. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, it's it's been in the, it was in the works for about two, two and a half years or so. Wow. Yeah. Movies take a long time. Like I, it's so funny, me and Tyler, uh, White Trash Tyler, the director of the film, really, like we've been saying, like we understand now why like a director might only do a hand, like four or five films. It's like, they take a long time. Like I can't imagine what it must take to do like, Marvel, like Black Panther, like did one mm. of those big ones. Like, like I can see why it takes Avatar. five, six set Avatar. Exactly. Why it takes like potentially like a decade to get a film done Dang. from writing it to, you know what I mean? Obviously it's different when it's a documentary because you're, you're right there in the moment filming it. But imagine to script it, to like get it uh, greenlit, get the money behind it, actually shoot it, edit it, revisions, and then release it. Like right. it's, a, it's a big thing. Mm. Yeah. So when did, at what point in the film did, did your role kind of come in? Right in the beginning. So um, to kind of give you the full story, um, Tyler, the director, White Trash Tyler, we've been friends for like 16 plus years now. Mm, like yeah. we work together on a lot of stuff. We, we came up together. So like we went splits on our laptop together, our first camera together. Like we, we really learned together. And uh, it was through him that I got this opportunity. So um, he had a chance to go on tour with Travis. And between Travis and Tyler, when they started looking at the footage, They thought there was something bigger here than just like Instagram clips. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was probably in October or September, September of 2017 or something that like I got the first, my first uh, glimpse of the footage, my first hard drive and kind of started editing with, with Tyler. So it was me, Tyler, and another uh, fellow named Dave Hung who Mm. helped uh, in those early stages. And then eventually over the two years it built out into, you know, Netflix getting involved and stuff like that. Mm. And then you were telling us a little bit earlier, uh, talk to us about the process. You said, it didn't start with the vision of a documentary of mine. You said it kind of started, let's do some Instagram clips or something like that. Oh, well, yeah. I think for, for uh, you know, I don't want to speak on behalf of, of Tyler or Travis, but I think in general, like t- Tyler was there to film pieces of the live show. Because you saw how crazy in the film, like the shows are. Yeah. And so like, it, I think originally it was Instagram content, Facebook content, whatever it was. But like together, Travis and Tyler had this vision of like, this is, there's something special going on here. And luckily for Tyler, it's like he came in right at that perfect time where like, you're getting these big life events where we get to see in the film Astroworld being finished. Right. Like yeah. it was just like the perfect time. It's kind of like, I think about like the Carter really inspired definitely me and Tyler growing up. And I think about that pivotal time. Like you were just lucky enough to kind of be there and, and be a part of that, that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's like, I can't imagine like if it was right now we were starting this or whatever, like all those mm-hmm. good, good, good bits we might have missed on, you know? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the doc was, was super inspired, ins- inspiring and, uh, 
uh, motivate. You know what I mean? Like I had, uh, it was either the day it came out or the day after, you know, I woke up and uh, just, you know, watch, started watching it. And I think I instantly texted you like while I was halfway through, yeah. like, yo, bro, this is crazy. Yeah. We got to do the podcast. We got to <laughs> yeah, yeah. talk about this. Yeah, for sure. But um, but I know you were te- you were telling me, and I know you said in uh, your interview with Ilmine and stuff, like you, you were doing all this in FL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like a, a real thing that I want to like, if anybody's listening, up and coming producers and stuff, like um, there is a whole world of opportunity out there outside of producing. I feel like in general, a lot of us really run after like, Hey, I need that Drake placement or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, it is like li- winning the lottery, t- uh, like winning the lottery, you know? Right. And so there's all these other things, especially within FL that you could be doing, whether it's from podcasting all the way to like film and scoring, like there's the FL video player. So like when I kind of got roped into all of these projects um, and I've been a part of, of several different things, um, my first instinct wasn't to like learn a whole new system and kind of go with like where traditionally the industry is. Cause I think what brings my unique perspective is like, I am hip hop. I'm part of the culture, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like for me to have something like FL that has gross beat and all the stuff that we use for producing and just kind of flip it on its head and use those same techniques, but in a different world, mm-hmm. I think that's the stuff that makes people be like, Whoa, what's going on here? Cause I'm right. so used to just this one style, this one, this one thing that's been around for like, you know, hundred, a hundred years or whatever, you know? So, um, yeah, I still use FL studio and I would definitely say anybody that's watching this, like take a chance to, to open up the video player and see what kind of you can do. Yeah. I've always, I've always seen the video player, but what exactly, like when you, when you drag something in there. Yeah. So it, I think it just has to be an MP4. Okay. So, uh, like any kind of normal video file these days and yeah, you just import it, you open up. So go to your playlist, like you would add a plugin, add the video player. Then on the side, there's a little folder button. Click, you drag in your your video and mm-hmm. then it's going to put it right there. The only thing I will say um, is just like watch the BPM. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I always do is like, I think about the the scene and I, I try and, because uh, movies traditionally, like they're not to a grid. It was like this big symphony and it's like, slow and then it's so it could go from like 100 to 102 bpm back into like 98 bpm so like in fl obviously we're kind of playing on a grid there so like when you're when you do get into it um just kind of watch it figure out what that tempo is and then Mm. start building around it you know what i mean so so you use the video player to actually watch the scene and then create movie at the yeah so i mean for me i think in general it's um, like i'm a producer so it's music first like Mm. A lot of what I'm doing, I'm just freestyling. I'm just kind of doing it the same way we would make a beat without necessarily knowing what artist it's going to or how the song is going to be. The video is there for reference because there is certain times where like, I'll give you a great example from um, the film is like, uh, uh, sorry if I'm blowing it, if anybody hasn't watched mm. the scene yet, <laughs> a spoiler alert, I plug your ears or something. But uh, uh, when Travis, um, when they bring back like Astroworld Festival and mm-hmm. it's like, you go from no bystanders, it's like really hardcore piece to like, this emotional uh, aspect where he's like reflecting with his daughter on mm-hmm. stage and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's, it's for me, like it, it, to have that reference of being able to look at the screen and, and know when you got to hit some of those cue points and stuff like that. But in general, it's all just like a feeling. It's the same feeling we have when we're making a beat and stuff like that. Like mm. I'm literally not doing anything differently um, than, than making a beat, except that I'm kind of like syncing it to, to a film and yeah. just like the same way you would format it for like a top, a top 10 billboard hit you know you might have your hook here or whatever we're doing the exact same thing with with films because there's certain points like where you want to have emotion go down so Mm. maybe it's just piano and then it ramps back up and there's 808s there's bass Mm. there's you know what i mean it's like Mm. it can be anything so yeah yeah. so are you doing the whole entire score on one flp yeah 
yeah, so I had, I mean, I can't tell you how many FLPs. I just backed them up the other day and it was like 200 gigabytes of just like, oh. <laughs> it was a lot of files. Because like another thing with, with working on a lot of the cues and, and the score and stuff is like, you may do the piece and then the scene changes a bit. It becomes three seconds shorter or it becomes three yeah. seconds longer or a new thing gets added or whatever. And it's like sometimes, well, a lot of the times all that music has to change. Like it's, it's kind of, it has to change when like things get stretched and dragged the same way. Mm. Like if you were an artist and like he wanted to spit an extra bar, it's like you got to manipulate the piece of music so that there's space for it. You know mm. what I mean? So. And so yeah. were you, does that mean like you're kind of limited to one BPM for the whole project? No. Um, I mean, in, in the project, like no bystanders is a great example of that. In that section, I switched, I automated the, mm-hmm. the tempo. Uh, yeah. Um, so I went from the natural tempo of fuck the club, but whatever that was to like, like a, a, a slower BPM. Mm-hmm. So I slowly ramped it down. You know what I mean? So again, these are all tricks and things like that we're using anyway. You know right. what I mean? In FL, when it comes to automation and filters and like, it's so easy. Like think about this as like the kind of Drake effect where we like roll off all the high and mm-hmm. it's that low. Well, that's the same sort of effect if you want it to sound like you're outside of a club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really mm-hmm. not that different. It's just that like, if you apply that same theory and stuff well now you can get like a sync or a placement and have some money in your bank account you know what i mean it's like it's just thinking about um you know the tools and stuff that you have in a different way now how much actual producing are you doing versus like just mixing normal song like taking regular songs and mixing those a lot of producing really yeah yeah because like um in general like a lot of the projects that i've done they're usually based around um, I've kind of carved out this niche where I like, uh, you know, I've been able to work with a lot of like the top artists, rappers, singers, and I do a lot of their like commercial work or like, uh, even like, uh, two years ago I did the weekends documentary. I scored that for Apple music. I've done stuff for mm. like other things for Travis, whether it's like uh, cactus Jack, like the Jordan commercial, um, stuff, um, all the way to like Kardashian stuff and all kinds of things in between. And sorry, I kind of got off track. What was the exact question there? I was basically asking like how much of it is it mixing between audio? Yeah. So with every situation, it's a bit differently for the film in particular. Like Travis's music is like the heart of the film. It's the skeleton. So it's like you need those pieces to uh, have like, again, in No Bystanders, like have that emotional aspect when he's hanging with his daughter. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? You can't have like, what the club? (laughs) And it just, it wouldn't have worked. People would have watched that and been like, what's going on? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So those are like original pieces and things that I'm doing in the same key and in the same Mm -hmm. sort of BPM or whatever, but they're like original kind of ideas and Mm -hmm. and stuff of that nature. So, um, but yeah, there's like, there's so many different ways that you can compose or score. Like, obviously I think we, we think traditionally is like, this big symphony and a lot of people do that, but there's, there's some individuals that like, just like us that are in their DAWs kind of creating this worlds and these soundscapes. And I think for, for me, that's the stuff that really stands out because it's, it's so different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The sound design right, and right. stuff, like there's so many tools and things that we do every day that if we apply that to that world, like, I think we can start um, making a presence. Cause that's one thing I will say over the last several years of kind of working in that, that space is, people of color are definitely like underrepresented. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think it's a place where like a lot of up and coming producers could make some bread, make some money, um, open up some new doors and some new opportunities if they got in there. And and I would love to see that too, because there's a lot of like black um, films that are like, f- like front facing films, whether it's like a Moonlight or a Black Panther or something like that. Great. And this isn't a knock to anybody because I think the scores on both those are really great. But behind the scenes, it's, it's a, a lot of older white, gentlemen doing mm-hmm. the sounds mm-hmm. and stuff like that where it's, it's like you know 
we're a part of that culture. We're in the mix. And if we just like switched our perspective and learned one extra plugin, which is the video player, it's like, mm. now we can get a piece of that pie and mm. we can actually make the pieces that, oh, we're using Grosbeat. We're using all these things that they're trying to be like, how do they do it? You know what I mean? It's like, and they do a weaker version of what we could do. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? So yeah. that's like definitely something that I want to like make sure I communicate over the next couple of years to like, to people because it's a whole, whole lane out there and I'm not seeing anybody that looks like me mm. doing it. Let's talk about some of those plugins and stuff. Do you use basically the same VSTs and stuff that you use? Hundred percent. I would say the one, um, and anybody out there can can look into this that has been really helpful in in all of the stuff is Spitfire Audio. They do. Um, they're not uh, sample libraries. It's like they they record symphonies and stuff, but really high quality like mm. samples. But they're fully playable. Like mm-hmm. so, when I'm playing the keys, it but it sounds like. Uh, just the craziest, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it sounds like the, the craziest symphony stuff happening. Mm. That's been a really big one. But in general, like the textures and stuff, it's like the RC20s, the wave plugins, gross beat. Like I'm still printing stuff and stretching things mm. and using one shots and all the things that we have still doing a beat. Because to me, I'm like, that's what makes me stand out and why people want what they want from me because mm. they want a true sound you know right. what i mean it's like why would i switch up i think it's good to incorporate both worlds but i'm kind of thinking about it like how can i take all the violins and turn them into something that's like hip-hop you know what i mean mm. and it's actually been really helpful too learning all that stuff for like making my own samples and stuff like that because right. i'm using a lot of instruments and stuff that like i feel like we're all going to atmosphere and stuff so we're overlooking some of that stuff so in general it's, it's all the same plugins um and if you want to look into spitfire they have a great free plugin called labs mm. One of the best piano sounds I've ever heard. It was all over the Beyonce project uh, that she really? did for The Lion King. Wow. Um, it's their felt piano or something. And there's a bunch of other, there's like scary strings in there that are like super tense, sound like Dr. Dre, mm, like yeah. style stuff. Like there's a bunch of stuff in there that you can get for free too. So I definitely say anybody watching this, like go go check it out for sure. Jim, with these, <laughs> um, are you really working hard to mix your drums or using certain drum kits? Yeah, I'm still like, definitely like a bit of both, like, Splice obviously plays like a big role in like getting some of those hits and all that type of stuff. In general, for a lot of the scenes, like there isn't that much percussion because it kind of takes away from what people are saying on the screen. That's one thing I learned through oh. this whole thing. The same way, like when it comes to rapping and producer always like keep it minimal. Like don't mm-hmm. it's the same thing I learned doing the scoring and stuff. It's like people are talking on screen and sometimes like really quiet. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just like, yeah. you know, so you got to make sure that you pick the right sounds, the right textures and then build around it. But yeah, when it comes to like mixing and stuff, I'm still like compressing everything. Like mm-hmm. I don't change any of that type of stuff. And if anything, like one of the things me and Tyler um, really wanted for this film was it to sound really loud and like it knocks mm-hmm. like an album. And that's one thing that I've got from a lot of the kids. Like it sounds like a, like the album, which so like we made sure everything was like jam packed, like mm-hmm. limiters on stuff and crunched right. like, you know, and that's probably not for everybody as far as like in the documentary world with dynamics and blah, blah, blah. But that's part of like where we come from and what we listen to. So like we wanted it to knock, we wanted the movie to knock like an album. Mm-hmm. And I hope we kind of did that, you know? Mm-hmm. So for someone that's that's watching this and they're like, yo, I'm really inspired. Like, that's something I want to do. Where do you even start? Uh, there's a bunch of different ways and uh, we can get into the industry stuff. But honestly, like, I think the industry stuff is just like the industry stuff when it comes to production. Uh, production. It's like you can go the same way you go after the, the record labels and stuff like that. You go to studios, blah, blah, blah. It's like, why put like that middleman in between you? I think the, the smartest thing anybody listening right now could do and what has really helped me 
is go find the local videographers and stuff in your town. Because mm-hmm. the same way that we would say, like, go to the engineer that's working with that artist, they're going to be able to connect you or like work with that person and build with them as they build. The same way you can do in all these other industries that need audio and that need sound. And a uh, prime example is that it's like me and Tyler's relationship. Like when we were just like skateboarding and shooting videos and stuff, I never knew he was going to be like this big director. You know what I mean? It's like, but we built together. And because we built together, I get to score a feature film. And it's like, I've been working on multiple projects with him and that's opened hundred other doors too, because it, it, you know what I mean? So I would say for any like younger producers, kids out there, like, um, I think it's kind of like a double whammy too. It's like, if you go find um, the individual that's shooting for the local rappers, I think, A, you can grow with them because if they're hard workers, like in 10 years, they're going to be directing the next Netflix film. Mm-hmm. And then on the second hand, it's like, if you can bring them some value and be like, yo, I know you, you really want to direct. I know you're doing music videos right now. Why don't I kind of like do the sound designer score that little intro for so-and-so, the rapper. Mm-hmm. And that way you're bringing value. How much easier now is it for that person who's super connected, a local music video director to be like, yo, this guy has beats to all his rapper people because they're mm-hmm. all hitting him. Jim. Like he is, if you really think about it, the visuals today, 2019 and moving forward, like the visuals is a big part of the, everybody's team. Everybody got a shooter, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like visual, <laughs> visual shooter, <laughs> visual shooter. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's like, why not build with them? Because like, as they go on throughout their career, like, and they're doing commercials and everything else, who are they going to think about? Mm. You know what I mean? So I would say that's like the easiest and, and best way to probably get in and never kind of deal with the middlemen and stuff. But yeah, if you wanted to go like the, the traditional route and stuff, depending on what you wanted to do, um, it would be just like anything else. It'd be like um, finding somebody in the studio that believes in you and hears your stuff and you know, all that type of kind of Hollywood dreams or whatever. So I would say like, turn like your create your own fate by like connecting with some people i would say even shoot some dms to some like if there's even like a director out there right now that's like you think is going to be like the next big director or whatever it's like shoot a dm the same way you shoot a dm to a rapper or something Mm. like Mm. what's really the difference because um you know at least from what i understand in my experiences and stuff on average like um of a movie budget around one to three percent goes to like doing the, the scoring and the sound and stuff so if you get a hundred million dollar film black panther this is why hans zimmer and all those guys are like they're stupid rich you know what i mean it's like this is more money potentially in some cases than um you know getting a placement on whoever's album you know what i mean yeah. so it's like a whole nother lane for you you know and as you said right now, it seems pretty way less saturated. Than yeah, I think if, yeah, if there's some more kids of color that get in there, I think like A, it's a good thing. It diversifies it. But B, I think we just bring some sauce that other people just don't have right. naturally. You know what I mean? I think that's a dope route just to take like even connecting with like local YouTubers or anybody. Yeah. Just like, yo, let me do the sound behind your exactly. video. Yeah. Everyone yeah. needs that. Yeah, Everyone YouTube does. That's a big one. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing I would say too is like... um, you know, I, I'll i keep talking about Tyler because that's mm-hmm. my, my strongest relationship and stuff. It's like, you know, if let's say Tyler's shooting music videos and stuff for all these rappers as he's going throughout his career, it's so much easier for me to connect with these bigger artists. And like, obviously to the point where like I am doing their commercials and all these other things, it's like now I have a real relationship with some of these top artists or producers or whoever they are that isn't like me kind of chasing the same way everyone else is like, oh, I need this placement. How can mm-hmm. I, I got to talk mm-hmm. to blah, blah. It's like, Yes, I might be in the room for something different than everybody else, but when my time comes to switch the conversation, which it is now, and I'm like, yo, I also do beats, bro. Yeah. It's such a more easy conversation because they know me, they trust me, and I've delivered, again, value on something else. Mm. So it's like, if you really want to open some doors, like why kind of run the race that everybody's doing? 
do something else for them you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah yeah definitely now i remember you saying that in the last interview like and i think that was the title of the video like producers that do more than just make beats are yeah winning. yeah there's a lot of stuff that we can be doing mm-hmm. for sure so uh, i want to talk a little bit more about the the sync placement stuff have you do you have any experience with like uh you know sometimes we get people that dm us or email us and i think they it's like a spam email but they're like hey or a platform like gets people sync placements and stuff like that. Do you have any experience with those? I don't have any experience with those. I have experience with with sync for sure, um, but it's never been through any sort of sites. I know that there is sites, and some of them, like I'm um, thinking off the top of my head, is uh, there's like APM, um, which a lot of people use. Um, and they're le- they these are legit. Yeah. So uh, like, and again, every situation is going to be different as far as like, like I haven't used APM for instance, so I'm not sure how like they distribute the money and all that type of mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm not, I don't know what's the best route that way, but I know for instance, on APM, whenever I go on there, cause I also produce um, a radio show once a week and I use a lot of like stings and sound bites from, from the APM library. And uh, whenever I go on there, like, Oh, these were the things, the songs that were featured in these, that we got synced in these new films and stuff like mm. that. But I know just from doing research myself, there's a lot of websites. I would say if anything, it's probably like, it probably is a scam. It's probably like everything else. Like, Oh, we'll get you on the Spotify mm, playlist. It's right. like, honestly, if you built your own relationships again, without having the middleman, it's like, you're going to always be better. So mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, if you're thinking about sync and stuff like that, like try and cut that person out and go right to the people. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 For a producer jumping into the film scoring industry, what's the way you get paid? Um, there's, so there's multiple different ways when it comes specifically to like scoring. Um, you would get some sort of fee. And like I said, it's like usually like one to 3% of the budget, depending on what it is. So like, again, like if you do Black Panther 2 or something like that, like can be a great payday, you know what I mean? So mm. uh, just like everything else that you get, you get a payment for um, the, the, the work that you're doing, the delivery. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you usually, like you can be entitled to royalties. In most cases, like if somebody like, uh, I don't know, Netflix, HBO or something is going to just probably like Lion King. They probably want to own the soundtrack. They don't want you owning any of that. Really? So like when I think of like royalties and stuff for big projects like that, I don't imagine that those people that are <clears throat> doing the score and stuff have anything after that big kind of lump sum in the beginning to actually mm. get the work done. But I, I'm sure too, if you're Hans or whoever you are, like just like if Pharrell was like, I still want to keep my points when you guys put out the soundtrack and all that type of stuff. I'm sure that that Mm. that type of stuff happens. So that that comes with your name. And then to your point about, uh, sorry, what was your exact question again? What 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 are the exact ways that you get paid? Yeah. So then, and then the other other side on top of that is like what we're just referring to, which is sync. So sync is like sync is a place where I think a lot of up and coming rappers could be like really successful and make some bread and stuff to like help fund their careers in the early parts. And um. Sync basically all it is is like uh, so there's 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 a fee involved for anything that gets matched up to picture is is synchronizing so there's a synchronizing fee so let's say if your ad is, is sorry your music is used in a in a commercial like Adidas or something they sync and they want to use that fee well they might pay you ten twenty thousand dollars to get that song and you still own that song because a lot of the times it's licensing because yeah. it's a song you have already created or whatever like mm-hmm. I can only imagine like moving forward what like Old Town Road is going to have like when it comes to oh, sync yeah. like it's going to be in every commercial for the <laughs> next hundred years you know what I mean it's like so the, like they don't own it essentially but obviously there is other circumstances where I'm sure they're like we would just love to buy this if you're mm-hmm. an up and coming artist and maybe it is smart for you to just take 20 grand off that song than it would be to try and put it out and make money that mm-hmm. way or whatever um, so there's money through that and then 
There is royalties for certain things. Again, this is all contractual based. Um, there can be royalties that you can collect through your like BMI. I know you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm Canadian, so I have SOCAN, okay. but you guys have like BMI yes, or ASCAP yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like they would collect your royalties and stuff uh, as well too. And obviously if you had like a pub deal, then that person would probably be hunting down your money and all these other places and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. Mm-hmm. so let's say when you're doing a film tour, right? Do you go and create your own song? Like you work with the artist and be like, hey, let's make this song together for this. Or, and then also, well, I'll, I'll start with that question first. Yeah. So, I mean, it, to be honest with you, when it comes to film and stuff, it's like, it's really, it's the, the director's emotion. You know what I mean? It's like the edit from the editing to the uh, production, whole production team, whether it's scoring, sound, uh, the filming, you know what I mean? It's like, Everything is kind of seen through the 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 director's vision and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So on all of like my jobs that I've done and stuff like that, it's like usually the feedback comes and stuff always through through the director. And like obviously with a lot of these individuals that I've worked with, uh, which has been really get great, I have like real relationships with them stuff. So we can actually talk about mm-hmm. ideas and things. Because like a one thing that I will say, which is really um, cool um, about about working on some of these projects, which I think where we could again have bring some value and stuff is like. Usually in the traditional sense, they'll shoot a film and sound is the last thing they think about, right? Mm -hmm. So everything's all shot. Whereas like if you can be, again, that you know the director and be a part of it, you can make the movie that much better because you're thinking, hey, when so-and-so gets in the car, we're going to do this type of audio effect. And now that switches the director's or the the DP's Mm -hmm. vision of like what they're trying to get. Because like one of the things that I think works really well in in the the Look, Mom, I Can Fly is the scene... um, where Travis goes from uh, the plane to the studio on stage and shows mm. the whole progression of butterfly right. effect. Right. And yeah. like us doing butterfly effect was, was uh, not, to, not at all to claim, claim it myself, but like uh, I was thinking about how the sound could help transition this like 10 minute piece basically, right. you mm. know, which could have been like very stop and starty if it was done that way. But the song never stops. It goes through all these different formats. Like I tried my best to take it from like, oh, what it sounded like on the VHS camera, what it sounded like on the crowd stage, what my own kind of produced version sounds and what the studio version sounded like. Mm -hmm. And so through all those bits and pieces, you don't really realize that over 10 minutes, it's kind of strung together. So that's like a way that you can like make a scene really more impactful and flow for the viewer that they don't even realize like how, you know what I mean? It's just like at the end of the day, everything when it comes to like sound is just about like, um, making the scene better for the the viewer the same way it is with beats and stuff it's like mm. better for the listener you know what i mean it's like sometimes you gotta especially in in films because there's like hundreds of people working on them you know you gotta kind of strip some of your ego away and do what's best for the the project <laughs> you know what i mean so now i asked that because i was thinking about let's say uh i'm doing the score doing putting sound behind one of my friend's videos right yeah and then we want to put um a song that I didn't create on there. What does that clearing process look like? Look like is it the same as when you're getting placements with samples, or is it a different process? Yeah, I mean for that one, it's kind of tricky because every situation would be different. I would say yeah, it, there's you would have to have some sort of like legal clearance. Mm-hmm. I would say like everything else in the early stage, like if you and your homies are just doing it, I wouldn't be too stressed. Like the same way we sample records and stuff. Right. Without, you know what I mean? It's like that type of stuff. But obviously, when it gets to a, a level where like big people are involved they do all the due, due, due diligence with that right. stuff i so think they if, handle it yeah gotcha. for the creative it's smart for you to just be creative and mm-hmm. like not ever step into those rooms and break that barrier of like the headaches of trying to get something cleared like, or whatever I didn't, like, I didn't know yeah yeah you know so it's like i think it's smarter to just be creative and make the best thing again for the the viewer mm-hmm. or the listener in some cases and and go from there gotcha. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so um talking business business still 
you you kept mentioning how the film scoring industry was uh, similar to just like the production and stuff like that, making beats for artists. So would you run into the same problems of like, oh, they're not paying me on time? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I haven't really, to be honest with you, no. I haven't noticed like, obviously, yes, there's like, there's some lag in any. I think in general, when you're working with any big company, like whether it's maybe like a Universal Records or like, uh, I don't know, a big production. Like the, I feel like they're a bit slower to respond mm-hmm. in general like that, but I've never dealt with anything where I'm like, where the hell is my money? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, okay. uh, you know what I or mean? You it's go like, on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I've never been to that point or whatever. Like obviously it might, it might take a month here or whatever, but it's like, I know it's coming and stuff like that, you know? And, and like for me personally, I have management, I have a lawyer and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, they deal with that stuff. I tr- Again, I try never to let any of that I'm obviously aware of it, but I don't let, I try my best not to let any of that stuff like mess with the creative, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's more, this is more guaranteed than like the music industry? Mm, I don't even know because like, I, I can't even say like, my my dream has always been to like be a producer and I created this kind of niche mm-hmm. for myself. So I haven't really had any placements to say like, mm-hmm. I never kind of dealt with the other side just to, to know back and forth. Oh. I think like mm-hmm. the stuff that I've been doing on this side has worked really well. And I would hope that <laughs> I know oh, I hear all the horror stories all the time, just listening to the podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, so, um, but I think that brings us to like what you guys were even talking to the other day with like Gabe, mm-hmm. it's like building your own backends and your own business and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Huge. Um, it was very huge because I think a lot of these things moving forward, it's like, it's a great way to get some eyeballs on you, but it's like, well, what do you got for those people? Like, how can you, how can you capitalize on that moment? Cause like these celebrities, all these people that you're working for are, you know what I mean? So it's like, if you can build your own business and stuff like that, then you never have to worry about chasing down a check. Cause you create your, your own, you know, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you, we were talking earlier, you've had some success with, with sales funnels yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, funny story, but, you know, Gabe, who was on, on the, the podcast a few weeks ago, um, I just randomly found him on Instagram at a time where I was also discovering like ClickFunnels and all these things, which, you know, if you look into it, all these funnels and stuff and advertising, it's like used in all these other businesses, but I just couldn't find any examples within hip hop and within rap and stuff. And randomly one day I stumbled across his, his, his page and he was saying, I think maybe just on his Instagram, like on his story, like I'm looking to teach some people how to sell beats with click funnels or something along that nature. And I was like, light bulb moment. I was like, this mm-hmm. is crazy. Like mm-hmm. this is exactly what I was looking for. So yeah, I, you know, I met him maybe a year and a half, even a bit more. Um, and, and we've been working together and stuff like that. He's definitely like mentored me and helped me out uh, a bunch. And, uh, I'm really happy to hear that he's like sharing all that stuff with, all the up and coming producers and stuff like that. Cause I feel like, you know, to Sunny Digital's point and a lot of other people's like, we need more control, yeah. you know what I mean? Of our product and our own fate and stuff like that. And I think this is part of that, that process, you know what I mean? So, so you have your own beat store online where you, yeah, yeah. I have a, a beat store, my best friend, Jacob, if anyone wants to go buy some beats, <laughs> .com. <laughs> uh, I have to definitely update it. Cause like, I will say, um, and we've talked about it at the beginning, like making a film and stuff is like my head's been down for the last two years. You know what right, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I'm, I'll be the first to say like, I haven't been as on my emails and all of my drip campaigns and all the other things. Like right now is, is the time where I'm really gearing up um, to do all that stuff. But yeah, I have a website there and uh, I've been putting up beats and everything. So yeah, like for me, like that's like one thing that I really want to do moving forward is like switching this conversation. So like if, I don't know, let's say Drake's making a documentary. They're not like, oh, well, let's get Jacob involved to do the blah, blah, blah for the documentary. Like, no, let's get Jacob in the studio, work with Drake on the album. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's what, because at the end of the day, that's my goal. And that's where like I've kicked open these doors and I'm now 
trying to turn the conversation into that. So, mm. um, and using all the tools and stuff that I learned from scoring, cause like I became such a better musician, all these instruments and stuff I never heard before. And like, yeah, I, music just is like, it's my samples. And sh- I, I, th- I think are crazy now. <laughs> like I'm just doing some stuff that I'm not hearing because everybody else is again, kind of stuck in that one lane of whether it's atmosphere or whatever, you know? So, mm. yeah. So you, Oh, go ahead. No, go I was gonna ask. So you started when, like, when you first started, did you start having a beat store first? You're like, because I need the financial stability to go and explore. Yeah, it was YouTube and the and the beat store. Um, which for the first, my first, like, honestly, like breakthrough was with Accent. Uh, do you guys know Accent? No, what's my it? brother Accent. Um, he's a, another producer. He's one of the top producers on Beat Stars. Mm-hmm. And I just reached out and let him know some of the stuff I've been doing and that I had some loops and stuff. And then eventually, I think it was actually um, at the top of this year, we had like one of the number one Drake type beats. It was mm-hmm. called Going. Me and Accent did that. And like, that was like my, like one of my first times where just like a direct YouTube to a sales page, like really kind of worked for me and yeah. obviously for him as well too. Um, so that was really great. But yeah, in general, like putting up the funnels and stuff and figuring out new kind of creative ways to, to get people engaged and stuff. Because I think as producers, like we know so many ins and outs of the industry, you know what I mean? And that's why I'm happy we're having this conversation because like there's so many things outside of just making beats I think we can be doing to like really creating business and creating some opportunities and stuff for ourselves. For sure. Mm. What were some of those things that, you know, especially super early on that you were doing to kind of monetize your skill set? And yeah, I mean, for me, it was always audio first. Like I love production and I knew like I always wanted to like be a producer. That's what yeah. I wanted since I was like 14, 15 when I got my cracked version of FL Studio, like, <laughs> like everybody else. But I knew that like there was more things that I could be doing with audio in general. And that actually led me into a career of like journalism. Like I said, I still produce a national radio show up until two years, three, two or it's like two and a half, almost three years ago now, I've just fully quit my job. I was producing a morning radio show in Toronto um, so I kind of worked my way all the way up to the top there. And I just said, no, I'm fully going in on music. Like I'm not letting it be any sort of like a side job anymore. Yeah. And that's when stuff really started to work for me over these last three years and all the things that I've been able to do because I fully committed to it. But uh, yeah, so doing the podcast, the, the that stuff, like um, doing live events, like anything that involves audio, I was always down to do. And I think that's why I've had a, a chance to do all these different projects and stuff is because I've been willing, like, I know FL Studio, I might not know what you're kind of referring to, but I'll figure it out. Mm. That was always my approach. Mm. And I I feel like if you take that type of approach, uh, you just, you start bringing value to people, gaining people's trust, creating relationships, and eventually you'll get what you want, which for me is, you know, I want to smash. (laughs) Yeah. Now you also dabble a little bit on the video side too, right? Yeah, because that was like the thing that really brought me and me and Tyler together. And like I said, um, buying our first laptop and going splits on a camera and stuff. And so there's been multiple projects like like that weekend project um, that I scored for Apple Music. I edited that as well too. The entire project? Uh, Yes, me and another guy, Dylan. Uh, I edited um, this Netflix project for Travis Mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, like I said, it started with me, Tyler and Dave. And then and it kind of spread out to, I think, another two or three people. Um, and there's been other, several other projects that I've edited as well, too. I think for me, like um, the blocks in FL and stuff, it's like the blocks in like Premiere Pro or any of those other, like I don't find video and audio that different. Like it's the really DAWs yeah, are very really similar yeah. and you're just moving blocks around. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, and honestly, I feel like I edit audio first, too, because like I'm always looking at like the waveform. The same way I would like if I was chopping. I know when people aren't talking right. or I know when there's like a stop and then it goes again. Like I know what to chop out. So 
for me, that's kind of how I work as well too. Mm. Um, again, it's not like something I like, like even like, uh, you know, credit wise on the film, I put like my real name there. Cause I didn't want to get confused with like my best friend, Jacob and Jacob Wilkinson Smith, the editor or whatever. Mm. It's like, I can do these other things. I'm happy to do them to make sure that like projects get done and stuff like that and being creative. But in general, like moving forward is really the, my, my best friend, Jacob production stuff. Mm. Okay. Yeah. But I would definitely say any like producers out there thinking about video, it's like you learn video, that's a whole, you could be that director that's shooting for all the local acts that end up being the next big things. Right, it's like, right. how easy is that to then slip in your beats? And you know what I mean? It's like, every, again, everybody needs a video. Everyone needs a shooter. Everyone needs a video <laughs> yeah, shooter. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, if you can help with any of that stuff, you know, then you can create your own content for IG, all that type of stuff, YouTube. And then also you can, you can work with these rappers and stuff and like, that's where I found a lot of success, I guess you could say. Yeah, and yeah. I can I can I can back that up too because I know of a guy um, uh, by Carlton Banks out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, video, uh, I think he's primarily a video video director, but he's super hard at making beats. And um, he actually uh, was Moneybag Yo's director, oh, no. and he actually produced his two first singles, the um, "Doing Too Much." Oh, and, really? And uh, reflection. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? I think, I don't Show know exactly how it happened, oh, yeah, but yeah, I, I would assume that is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yo, he shoots hard videos. He's the go-to guy in his city or whatever. You know what I mean? Working with these guys. And he's like, yo, I got beats too. Let me send you a pack. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I know. It's uh, a valuable skill. For sure. What are some like major things that you've learned just from being around like all these people, like being around Kanye, being around Travis? Like, what are just some lessons that you've taken away from them? Work hard. <laughs> I think like the, at the end of the day, all of these every experience at least that I've had usually I get to be kind of like a fly on the wall and I always think like I'm just super grateful that I get a chance to you know a lot of these situations have been me behind a camera not really saying anything Mm -hmm. just watching and listening and I'm one of those type of people that truly believe like you are the average of like you know the five people you spend the most time with or something like that Mm -hmm. so in those days when I was around those in like Kanye for instance or whatever it's like I just felt like I couldn't lose. <laughs> How can you lose? You know right, what I mean? It was like right. it was like fashion school. It was like music school. It was like everything wrapped into one. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like, and I think we've all learned this. Like, I'm sure for you guys talking to so many producers, it's like it's not about the VSTs. It's not about the programs. Like, we all have the same things. It's about putting in that like execution and that time. You know, that consistency and 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 exploring like what your mind, like really switching your mindset and thinking like, what can your mind do? You know what I mean? So I always walk away with that. Like, I got to work harder. Like, I think I'm doing a hundred. I got to do, this isn't a hundred because when you see these other individuals, like that's a hundred, you know what I mean? It's like, it gives you a better perception. You know what I mean? It's like, let's say if you were from like a small town and like you always grew up and there's like this one house, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm that's the biggest house. Like I could never have a house. Then you come to LA and it's like, everybody got mansions and you're right. like, you have this whole new perspective of like, I can get a mansion too. You know what right, I mean? It's like, right, it's right. this whole new perspective. And when you're around those people that have moved and shook the industry like that, it's that inspiration of like, I can actually do this. Cause yeah. you see it, you physically see it. And I think there's something to that, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. 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 Hmm. I'm trying to get some gems for the, for the shooters out there. Um, I know a lot of times, it can be intimidating and uh, you can kind of be shy when you're playing that fly on the wall role. You kind of don't know, like, am I filming too much? Mm. You know what I mean? How, do you typically, are you more on the conservative side? Or do you kind of just wait for them to be like, I think, Yo, bro? I think the biggest thing is never, think about it this way. It's like, uh, I say for producers, um, you never want someone to stop your creativity. If you were a film or director, you would never want someone to like walk through your scene or something like that. So when you're in a studio with an artist or whatever, like, 
don't be trying to set up and get the perfect shot and all this stuff because you're killing the vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like have, if anything, the energy and the things that are happening, and I think the the film is a great testament to that and and how good of a shooter Tyler is and 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 can be is because all these magical moments that we've had a chance to see in the film are strictly because he was there, he was shooting and doing it in a way that didn't kill that energy. Mm. You know what I mean? To think that he caught when Travis started freestyle butterfly effect. Right. He was smart enough. It, like, think about that. It's like the wind's blowing. You can barely hear it, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day because this magical thing is happening right. and that's all that mattered mm. to him. And you even see like the shot to me seems really low. I wasn't there or anything, but it seems really low. It's like, he was just trying to get it without disturbing that creative process. Mm. And without that, we would have never seen that. You know what I mean? Mm. And so I think when it comes to shooting and stuff, it's like, try your best to be, don't worry about the, the technology and all these other aspects, because as a viewer, I think we all really just want to see the moment. Right. We've all, we're right. all watching Instagram and stuff like that. That's shot really bad. It's like, it's not about what you have or how you're doing. It's about what you get. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and think about that a bit more. No, that's, mm. that's huge. Yeah, for sure. Mm. yeah now were you uh were you uh there at all like on the tour during those moments yeah yeah for like uh i don't know how many shows i I wasn't on the road that was like that was tyler on the road i was like a lot of my time spent with like more like the editorial team which i think is like again and maybe this is i know this is not traditional and maybe this is just the way that i want to work but i think it's kind of cool in a way that we could help it's like being with the editors and stuff like that. Obviously I was editing myself, but being, let's say me and Tyler are in a room together. We can make those creative choices where we're like the audio and the visual work really well together. You know what I mean? It's like being in that place is like, to me is like super important. It's like being around those people are also doing the creative pieces. So uh, yeah, I wasn't, I was at like maybe five, six, seven of the, the shows or whatever. And honestly, just watching. Mm. I, I didn't film anything that's that's in the doc. I didn't even like. I'm trying to step away from filming. I can do it and stuff like that, but it's not something I love. I was just enjoying the experience as like a right. as a Travis fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to be honest with you, was so. um the uh the uh Tyler? That's his name, right? Tyler. Yeah. 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 Was he? Did he ever share any moments about like being in danger during the <laughs> during the um shooting? Because uh, I mean, it's I some pretty crazy yeah. scenes. I, he, I think the only one he said. uh was uh, in Houston um, when they did Astroworld Festival. And I think you can see in the shot, he jumps into the crowd with his camera and then he just falls to the ground. Mm -hmm. And I think he said, uh, sorry, Tyler, if I'm speaking (laughs) wrongly here, but how hot it was Mm. when he was at the bottom. Like, cause all those bodies were there. It was like Houston in the middle of summer. And he was like, oh my God, like I got to get out of here. I'm going to pass out. Like that Uh. type of like, like, but that's the energy. Like his fans are just so... They're, you know, you know, I think any artist would strive to have like that sort of fan base that just like, you know, and he brings it out of them, you know what I mean? Which is, there's that, there's that energy that's like connected. You can see it when he looks right at the fans and stuff like that. So it's crazy um, too, when they were in the car and he like just rolled down the window and they started like (laughs) running after him. I was like, yo, that guy's pretty serious, pretty quick. Yeah. When they're slamming on it too. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. It's like, uh, you would think that those things become, yeah, they're, they're just, they can be, be so, I mean, celebrity, like anything could happen at any point. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool to see all that, like all that footage and stuff. Like I was seeing it for my first time too. And again, mm-hmm. like kid in a candy shop, like, Whoa, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> now I gotta say, uh, as a, a testament to, to your, your guys work, like the, the film made me 
more of a fan of Travis too. Mm, right. I've never been to one of his shows. A never even really been to you know I've been to some low key shows, but never like any big festivals or you know where it's that that kind of crazy thing. So I didn't even know mm. like the kind of show that he put on or anything. But, yeah, yeah, no, I think it's like. I think a lot of people felt that way. And I I think that would be like why probably, you know, it trended and stuff like the album started Mm -hmm. trending and stuff again. It's like all these people get to, like my uncle watched it and he was like, I listened to the album right away and stuff like that. It's like, you know, all these people that didn't really know about him have this new appreciation and perspective. And then if you're a hardcore fan, you've gotten all these gems of like him being creative in the studio and stuff, which is like, you don't see that anywhere else. Just in general, a lot of artists, they don't ever share that. You know what I mean? So like you get all these, 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 these crazy moments but yeah like i've been a fan since like i don't know 2014 or something like i remember when i heard uptown by wonder girl <laughs> i ran out uptown and just being like what is this this is the craziest thing i'd ever heard and then Thanks. i went to a show around that time when he was like still promoting owl mm-hmm. so like uh yeah the the fans i think have always kind of been like that that mosh pit mentality which yeah. is which is sick and with all this footage like how do you guys determine what makes the cut a lot of storyboarding and stuff mm. like that sitting down and just thinking you know and it's the same thing with the music too it's like i listen it, yeah i think a lot of people think that like you go in there and to score and you just start slamming on the keys and stuff like that and it's like a lot of the times i just sit back and i listen i listen to his album i listen to things like that and i just like see what the scene what's happening in the scene because a lot of times too i'm like oh that thing that's ha- like butterfly effect mm-hmm. where i was like that vhs audio like that's 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 the wave i was like that texture and stuff i was mm-hmm. like i'll build into that you know what I mean? Not the vice versa or whatever. Mm. So I think when it comes to to uh, the, the the visual aspect, it's yeah, it's sitting back and thinking of all the different scenarios. Um, I don't know. It's hard with like a documentary because you never right. know what's going to happen day to day type of thing. So um, and then at the end of the day, like, you know, um, having a director that's a strong leader and, and mm. stuff of that nature um, really, really helps in all those situations because at the end of the day, it's like, every bit of feedback from like probably a hundred people goes through that one individual and they have to make the call at the end of the, the mm. day, which, which way certain things go and stuff. So mm. that's honestly been one of the coolest things I'd say of this whole process that like, you know, I would never, never change or whatever is like seeing your friend that you built with, like become like, like a leader like that and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's like, I've known this guy for so long and to like, you made a movie, bro. <laughs> like, right, right, this right. is crazy. <laughs> you know, like as a friend, like I'm just so happy that he's like winning, you know what I mean? Right. So yeah, uh, yeah it, it's cool to build with like your team and stuff. And and when they win, you win too, because like you're growing together. Right. Yeah. So uh, what what did it feel like, you know, when you found out Netflix was going to pick it up and uh, what's it like, you know, working on a film that's going to be on Netflix? Uh, uh, I, I don't know, even know like the exact word I'd say is a bit not shocked. Cause obviously I know like Travis is a huge artist, like who wouldn't want to be involved in something like that. You know what I mean? But uh, for me personally, I was like, whoa, like this is real. You know, that's how it felt like to Mm -hmm. me because even I think there's always that little bit of like imposter syndrome or something. I'm sure like when you're making a beat, you don't realize like, oh, this is going to be the beat that goes on that Drake album or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, you're Mm -hmm. still trying to almost like fake it as you make it. And like, Mm -hmm. I guess in a sense when you're like, same as when you're editing a video, whatever it is, you're like, but then when you find like a a big company like that is like, whoa, we're really into this. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, oh shit, You're like, we're doing wow, the right okay. thing. You know what I mean? It's like, exactly. You know what I mean? And so uh, I imagine it's that same similar feeling to like an artist getting a placement with like a huge artist. Like that it validates mm-hmm. everything for you and stuff like that. Um, but no, that team uh, at Netflix was like awesome to work with. Like I think for my, my own personal, like first experience doing something this big in this nature, like it's killer to have like such a 
organization like that that's uh forefront of like technology essentially you know what i mean um it's killer it gives access to so many people that's the other thing too is like you know a lot of these kids and stuff like that like have a chance to actually see this i remember when the carter came out and like i remember it aired at I keep bringing back the Carter because it was like such a big thing for me to see like little Wayne mm-hmm. making stuff in his hotel room and yeah, me yeah. realizing, oh, I don't need all this other stuff. God, and yeah. then also to the work ethic when he jumps on the roof of the car or not the roof of the car, when they walk in and they're like, you sold a million first week. And he's like, I'm just recording. What are you guys doing? And he's like so focused on creating that song still, even though he just, he just like mm-hmm. broke this record. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I took hard work from that. Uh, and I took like, oh, you don't need all this. You just got to be like creative. Those two mm-hmm. things I really took from that film. So I think having it on like this huge platform, hopefully there's kids and I obviously I've gotten DMs from a lot of people and stuff, but there's kids that see it that think like that dream bigger than just maybe their city if they're in a Nova Scotia like we mm-hmm. were. You know yeah. what I mean? And how does yeah. like after doing this whole project, how does it change your, how's it impacted your production side of things? Oh, uh, like I'd say big, like I've become like a way better producer, a way better uh, musician. I think simply because like the one way that I like kind of have you guys ever been to like a symphony? Um, Yeah. yeah? So at the start of the symphony, usually like they'll play like, let's say they play like a 12 or 14 minute piece and they try and tell you this whole story. And I, every time they would tell you this story, like totally goes over my head. I'm Mm -hmm. just like, what are you guys talking about? Like he fell in love with her and then they broke up and blah. Like, how do you get that from music without any words? Mm Because in hip hop, it's so lyric driven. You know what I mean? This was the first time I experienced that myself where it all clicked where I was like, ah, you can make people feel a certain way emotionally mm-hmm. through certain sounds, through piano and textures and strings. And, and if you do it this way and soft and blah, you know what I mean? Whereas like, we're so used to like a super compressed, super low end, like always in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like I learned a lot about like kind of being simpler, but also being like, um, just making sure I could pick the right sounds and all that type of stuff. Like, you know, I, I'm obviously I'm biased to this, but I think like the samples and the beats that I have been creating uh, recently are just like, are, are killer. You know what I mean? Cause like the samples and stuff that I'm doing, like I'm applying all those same effects and things that we would, but I'm using uh, a lot of different techniques that I learned from like the film world and stuff like that. So it's just like a different sound than what you might be expecting of like a bell loop or what, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and I think that's been really helpful in me. Like reaching out to bigger producers and stuff and them being like, oh, this is actually dope, man. We should work on some stuff, which again, at the end of the day, is, is my goal, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. And now you uh, you put out like a preset library, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, we'll make sure it's in the description. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, so, was going to ask, is it cool if we drop that right on the site? Oh, hell yeah, for sure. Yeah, so uh, it's all my, so the two things that I use throughout this whole film were like, I, again, I use a lot of FL stock plugins and stuff, but Analog Lab for sure mm. to get all those synth sounds because mm-hmm. like that's like the base of like Travis's music and mm. him, what him and Mike Dean and stuff do. So a lot of synth sounds and stuff like that. And then I use the Spitfire stuff. Uh, the Spitfire stuff, it's expensive and like you'd have to buy it, but I know a lot of people producing have all their Arturia stuff. So it's a full um, playlist of all the sounds that I used um, throughout the film from Arturia. Mm. I just saved them all to a preset bank because like, again, None of this is like anything that you can't do if you're listening right now. Mm-hmm. 100% you can do this. Like use the same sounds that I have, open that video player or whatever. It's like as long as you you dream it, like you can you can achieve it. That was so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> corn, corn. Don't quote that. Um, but yeah, as long as you but can it's like truth, Yeah, it's, it's like you you know, you got to like you got to be able to 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 envision it and it's like it's not about what you have and stuff. It's about like it's about like what you put your mind to and stuff and switching that mindset. And that's why I, like, I just think it's so important. Like I just want to see a bunch of more black kids like out there, like 
making bank doing sync placements and all this mm. other stuff. Because I was even thinking too, like, think of how many, um, Gary Vee always says this, where he's like, think of uh, uh, Green Day. We would only know that song because of like 99 Madden or whatever it was. Mm. And there's all these songs, Grand Theft Auto songs. There's Facts. like, uh, there's <laughs> all these, yeah, there's so many songs and things that have literally broken artists because they got a sync. They weren't big at the time, but they make it in like, I was thinking like the new Lizzo, the Lizzo track that's going crazy right now. I was watching the, the Genius De- Decoded or Deconstructed or whatever mm. it's called. And that producer was saying how because that song was in whatever Netflix show and they did this scene, it made it on Instagram. And then that's what really shot her to like the song to number one. So like having a sync as an unknown artist or whatever is not only possible, but it can be a thing Mm. that helps open you to a whole new audience. Cause if you end up in a cool HBO Netflix show or something like that, and it becomes like a cultural thing, like euphoria or something like the top top boy, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, that's a lot of listeners and a lot of viewers. And then boom, you might get all these fans. Um, And like one of the things too, like when it comes to sync and stuff like that, I'm sure. So I like, again, I can only do it from my perspective, but in Nova Scotia, for instance, we have Music Nova Scotia, which is like an organization to help music, uh, musicians and stuff in Nova Scotia, which is very small place. I'm sure there's a lot of things that exist like that in the United States and on a bigger scale. But I remember in like 2013 or 14, I went to one of their events and I met a person that all they were do- focused on was like placing stuff in films, TV commercials. And I gave her a pack of my music and then like you know, a couple of months later, she got me an indie sync. It was like only for like three grand or something like that. But I'm like, at that time, that was like more money that I had made off music than any other way. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's just something that was like kind of in my backyard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think there's like those opportunities do exist. It's like sometimes we're just not seeing them. You know what I mean? So yeah, I w- again, I would suggest any any kid go out there and 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 go for it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, when you're when you're uh, creating your samples and making beats and stuff. Uh, when you're, you know, doing sound selection, you uh, mostly like loading up the sounds and just working with them how they are out of the box, or you putting RC twenty on them and then. Messing you mean around? for just for my own like production stuff? Yeah, like when you're whenever you're just making yeah. beats or making samples. Yeah, I've been using my Moog One um, a lot to like create a lot of the sounds and stuff that I've been doing for my samples, which is like really cool with the analog, but. In general, I said 75% in the box. I'm using all the sounds like you guys do. And I'm using like the J37, which is the Waves um, tape filter Mm -hmm. is killer. Like there's some cool flutter and stuff on there. Um, And then using like the RC20, all those things that kind of add texture without being too crazy. Like sometimes I feel like people nowadays like, it sounds like it's on vinyl, but like extra vinyl. Mm. It's like, it's all crinkly. You know what I mean? It's all... So like uh, detune too crazy. Yeah, the yeah. detune is like out of tune. You know right. what I mean. So, uh, but yeah, in general, I've been using like a lot of the SSL on my drums. Mm. Okay. I love like the SSL strip on the drums, and yeah, in general, when it comes to to mixing and stuff like that, I keep it pretty natural. Like most people, like I don't try and do too too much. I will say the one thing that I use throughout the film and I use throughout a lot of my production is the space echo, like the outer space by I think it's Audio Jungle or Audio Ting or. I forget what it's it, the company's called, but it's a VST that's based off the Space Echo, the Roland Space Echo, which gives you like a lot of cool spring reverbs and a lot of those endless delays, like where where a Travis would go, it's lit, 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 lit and then just cuts mm. off. Mm. You can do all that type of stuff. Mm. Um, it's called what? It's uh, it's called a Space Echo. Like space that'd be the real thing, but uh, I'm just using like it's like a thirty dollar plugin. Mm. But that's kind of honestly been like my my glue because that's what they used in like the '60s and '70s and stuff like that. And it just like for me kind of puts everything together and gives it kind of like that 70s feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Without being like heavy on like adding, I don't know, vinyl noise and stuff like that, you know what I mean? 
Mm. Yeah. A, a lot of times with me, like when I uh, when I'm you know making samples or whatever, I kind of need to have made, like there needs to be reverb. There needs to, I, I throw RC twenty on before I'm even messing around on the keys. You mm. ever, you the same way? Or? No, I actually like my stuff dry. Mm. For me, like I think what I realized too is like you can. There's two ways to think about this, but like you could have like the craziest melody. The worst sounds, to me, I'm like, it's not going anywhere. You got the best sounds in the world, the highest quality sounds, Kanye level excellence. (laughs) When it comes to sounds and strings, horrible melody, not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like to me, like you need both. And I think for me as a starting point, I actually always start with just um, a wave file, like a like a like a normal tone. Yeah. Like I don't even really start with yeah waveform like you mean like a sine wave yeah yeah. dang yeah Yeah, because in my mind yeah but i would say like it's the quickest way for me to learn if like an idea is like shitty or not because Mm. i'm like if i do it and and it's like sounding good as a as a as that then it's gonna hit crazy Uh, yeah it's easy then i just need to replace it and add a sound right that's nothing you know what i mean so sometimes like i like i I find that's really been speeding up i've been trying to do that like 15 20 minutes like to make a beat or a loop and then uh, like go to the next one or whatever like i'm shooting for like 30 or 30 a week type of thing of, mm-hmm. of samples uh, which i've been able to hit and i think that's part of the reason why mm-hmm. is like once i get like the best melody then i just go pick the best sound right. i feel like sometimes mm-hmm. you can get confused by having the best sound you're like this is crazy it's the best sound sounds like dr dre and then people hearing like what right. <laughs> you know something similar i do i use i'd start a lot of my melodies with fl keys and mm-hmm. if, it, if it sounds good in that's FL what i mean keys, yeah yeah you don't need anything if it's a, yeah it, the same sort of thing right. if it sounds good with with something like that then i think in general it's probably going to translate yeah mm-hmm. i said yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah um so talk talk to us about um the project you did, um, the Kylie birth video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was honestly, to me, that was like the one song that kind of changed my life or my track, my, my career um, thus far. Like it, it allowed me to like, that's when I just quit my job. Um, I think I'd quit in like January over that December, January holiday break. Like that was my, that was my final break. And then I didn't go back January 1st. And February rolled around and, and, and that happened. And again, that was like, uh, I think probably Tyler would echo the same thing. It was like a pivotal kind of thing that he did. Again, he was, um, so I, we, if you didn't watch the other interview, me and Tyler spent some time like in the Kanye camp. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of these connections come from. We were there shooting with like the VHS cameras back when he did Famous and all that type of stuff. And obviously uh, through that, he was able to, uh, I don't know if he would have met Kylie first or Travis or whatever. I don't think it really matters. But um, anyway, uh, he was just kind of filming through, again, he was just around for like a lucky moment, but being like the talented person he is, he's able to capture all these moments without, like that's a personal moment, someone having like their birth. You know what I mean? It's like if Tyler was slamming a camera, I'm sure like (laughs) for the average person- They wouldn't want to do that. So, you know, kudos to him for doing that. Um, Anyway, he was doing it all. And then um, uh, I think he just turned it into just like that piece. And basically she was like, I love this. Like we got to put it out. And that's when he came to me to be like, can you do the sound on it? And that was really like the first time that I did anything like out of my comfort like that. That's when I really like used FL video (laughs) player. You know what I mean? Like that's when I was like, okay. Like, again, I jumped on the opportunity. I was like, sure, I'll do it. I don't really know how to do it, but I'm going to learn. And over, I think maybe 72 hours or something, like we just kind of cracked the code as far as like figuring out what needed to be there, the piano and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, we had kind of touched on some of these points again with like whether it's sync or what licensing or whatever. It's like 
um, for that uh, situation, I was able to to keep my ownership of of the song, mm. and so that song has also been placed in a bunch of other shows because obviously a Kardashian has so many eyeballs on on that mm. product that other people want to use. Excuse me, use those things. So it got placed in like an HBO show mm. and a bunch of other things. And then on top of that, I put it on TuneCore and stuff to all the streaming platforms. People got married to it. I get videos every mm. once in a while, like <laughs> people getting married. Like it's really like people really. It's crazy. Like I never, it's like, I think the video alone has like a hundred plus million, you know, and like right, a lot right. of people saw it. And right. for me that related in streams and all these other things. So um, back to like the business thing that we were talking about before, it's like, you can be strategic with a lot of these things. I know you guys had Rico. Uh, it was Rico's his name, right? Yeah, the manager. Yeah, and he yeah. was like, sometimes people shoot themselves in the foot by trying to get the advance when all the back end stuff could be very like, Right, right, you know what right. I mean, and been like kind of need like a fifty thousand for this. Yeah, it, and it could have it could be the same way for a lot of those things when it comes to like, uh, you know, doing any of the other stuff for like a celebrity, let's say, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like if you think about it that way, and you figure out how to keep your ownership and do all the business moves, it's like you can, right? You know, you can boss up kind of that way or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. no, because that that kind of leads into my next question because uh, I seen in the Pain One interview, shout out to Pain One, you guys were talking. And usually we don't ask about payments and stuff, but you guys did talk about it. And you you only got five hundred dollars basically for that. Video, yeah, right? I think uh, I think I asked Tyler this the other day, and he, I think he told me it was a thousand. So oh, maybe God. my memory memory is a bit off. It wasn't anything. I don't think for either of us. Like it was just with all of these things, man. It's like we see them as great opportunities. Like yeah. in general, when it comes to art and me, and maybe this is like a you know maybe like my management and lawyer wouldn't like me to say mm -hmm. this, but like I always think art first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like. Yes, I'm, I'm, I think I'm an entrepreneur and I'm business minded, but like I never let that get in the way of creating something cool. You know what I mean? And like, um, yeah, when he made that phone call, of course I'm going to be there. Like if there was nothing involved or if there was a million dollars involved, I'm going to be there either way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I jumped at that opportunity and I took that risk. And because I took that risk, I was able to like capitalize on it in other ways. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I think it was only like, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything thing crazy or whatever, mm, right. um, which was totally fine because I got to keep my master and stuff like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's another thing is like sometimes with these like commercials, let's say um, there could be fine print where they're like, oh, if you do this Ford commercial, you can't do this. Um, what's another company? <laughs> Cadillac commercial. You know mm. what I mean? Like or whatever. And in those cases, you want to ask them for more money, or if they want to outright own the music, you know what I mean? It's like ask for twenty, thirty, forty, fifty. You know what I mean? It's mm. like. Those are real numbers in advertising and stuff that they'll do. Like these mm -hmm. companies are big companies with billion dollar budgets. It, you know what I mean? It's like every year they have to spend these things to justify getting that money again next year in right. their advertising budget. Right. So when you ask for some of these things, like they'll most likely do it, especially if they want to keep it and stuff like that. But at the other, on the other side, if they were like, no, you can keep everything, but we'll put you in this LeBron James ad for it, but you do it for free. I would probably do that. Why wouldn't I? Right, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Because if the song is crazy and it's like the NBA song, I don't really know what the NBA song would be, but you know what I mean? If it's big, I put it on <laughs> streaming services. I can figure out a way through my funnels or whatever to capitalize right. off it. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm smart enough to be able to make something off of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think if we all think like that way a little bit differently, we won't shoot ourselves in the foot like Rico was saying. You know what I'm trying to say? So, mm. For sure, man. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, we pulled some questions from um, some of the fans on Instagram. Um, we'll start it off with, uh, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to read Instagram names. 
Yeah, yeah. I was, no, I was actually looking to see what because some sometimes before, uh, before, by the time we get to them, we've already like covered it. Oh, okay. so I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. Yeah, 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 have all of them been answered? Yeah, pretty much all of them been answered. How do you register a song for film opportunities? Uh, oh, this well, the second one's a good one. The second one's a good one about the specific details and standard. Well, all right, Buffalo and the B he asks, what are what other specific details are standard when emailing an instrumental for sync licensing? Seems like he's maybe asking for more of like the this is the proper way to do this. Oh, um, I don't think there is like a proper way. I would say come as if like in general, you're probably not just sending one thing. You're probably reaching out to I think they I think the term that they go by is like sync houses or whatever, which is like there's companies set up that their main goal is to just sync stuff. Okay. So they need music. Like mm-hmm. that's why I got in a hereditary on uh, my film, uh, my song that I did in like 2015 ended up in hereditary mm-hmm. in like the party scene. And yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually rapping on it, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, this is like way long time ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that happened through an individual who like, he syncs it. Like I just sent him, you know, 30 songs that I had done. And when something comes up and they're like, we need something for a party thing, it's tagged in his system or whatever. So I would they say- They tagged it or you tagged it? They, they tag it. Okay. Like these companies will tag like, oh, this is a party type of rap song. You know what I mean? And then Absolutely. if a big company comes along and they're, where do you need something for the, the background of this party scene on this big movie or whatever, then, then, mm. then it's there for them to, to use and then they, they pay you or whatever. Mm. Um, so I would say if anybody's like reaching out uh, to those individuals, obviously start the conversation however you want to start it. But I would say in general, they're probably going to ask for you to send, uh, I don't know, you could probably send all your instrumentals and all your songs and stuff like that because I, I would imagine the bigger the library is probably what they're going after. So there's selection with certain stuff. And you have more uh, chance. Yeah. yeah, and then I would say again, like, at the end of the day, maybe try and skip the middleman. Like I mentioned before, it's like find the, like find if there's so many film producers out there. It's like, if you have two film producers that are like your homies that you're hitting up, just like uh, Ryan Leslie said, staying in, 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 when it comes to them doing their film, they're going to think about you and they're going to place and then boom, you got 10, 20, 30 K coming in off of a track. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it can be lucrative sometimes. So um, why not, why not go for it? Yeah. Well, uh, I know uh, we, we did a we just did a podcast with Anno Dame, and he's uh, you know in the sync placement world too. And he said one of the, one of his things that he was able to do was he said I just watch the credits after films, and I see the audio guys, I see the and I find them on LinkedIn, I yeah. find their email, oh. whatever. And yeah, it, it, I think it's the same. Like uh, uh, I had a chance to speak with Metro Boomin a little bit ago, and he was talking about like his come up and how he would just go through the liner notes, which I don't, I know we don't really have access to like records mm-hmm. with, 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 with the liner notes anymore, but that's how he got a lot of his like first breaks in the beginning. I think it's still an, an easy way. Like if you want to do that, it's a very smart way. When is that podcast coming out with, with Anna? Oh, it's, it's, it's in the cut. We got, man, we got like, this is our sixth one now in the cut. Damn. So we're going to, you know, probably I'm stick- really looking forward to that. Cause he's like the funnel. OG, yeah, right. he's and the originator, right. and and the online beat. He's an online beat selling OG. He was like yeah. one of the first to put the PayPal button on SoundClick or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, Damn. yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, your the conversation you have with Metro and how how did that even come about? The in house it was right. Yeah, so it's called House. Um, uh, pardon me, Joaquin and Lamar and the commissioner. If I get any of this information wrong, I'm not a part of the the organization or anything like that. They're just I've known again. Uh, like Tyler introduced me to this guy named Joaquim and then he goes on to create something called house and all this stuff. And we become friends along the way. And that's, he's the director of the weekend documentary for Apple music that I did. Okay. Uh, that was like one of our big first projects that we got to work on together back mm-hmm. in 
whenever his last album came out, like two, three years ago. But uh, yeah, um, him and Lamar Taylor, who's the creative director for The Weeknd and his Weeknd's like best friend or whatever. Um, those guys all created House, which is basically like an incubator in Toronto where like um, a bunch of creatives in all different art forms come together and... Uh, have a chance to actually learn from like some of the best. Like they'll bring in the Metro Boomins, like mm. the people of that tier in production. They'll bring in the top, they'll bring in Ez Devlin for like architecture. They'll bring in the top fashion. You know what I mean? They bring in all the people because I think the idea about all these incubators and stuff is like, if you take someone that's in tech and you take someone's in music, well, maybe they create the craziest merch. You know what I mean? It's like maybe they create the tech merch that like makes an artist a trillion zillion dollars. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes the light bulb moment happens when individuals that aren't from there can think outside of the box. So sometimes mm-hmm. they're so in it. So I think that's kind of their idea of like constantly bringing in all these really top tier people to speak and stuff. But then I think the, the, the people that are in, it's like a, it's a school program. Mm. The people that are going through the, the year long curriculum and stuff have that opportunity to work on projects with like really cutting edge individuals in all these different sectors. But, um, so that's my summary of house. I hope I did it justice guys. Um, I had a chance uh, because I have my journalism background. Um, and Joaquin knows how much like a fan of production I am. Um, to interview Metro Boomin, which was great because like I got for me so many gems and so many questions that I had always wanted to ask because he's not, uh, there isn't a lot of interviews and stuff with him right. out there. You know right, what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah, it was like, that was a really awesome experience in the last couple months that I had to just chop it up with him. And he was just like such a, like a nice down to earth guy, which another thing that I really respect about people, like mm-hmm. some people like make it to a certain level and we've all seen it in the industry where they're not like, there's not <laughs> fancy. Yeah, they're just like, right. you can't chat with them anymore. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? They don't want to be around you, which sometimes I, I get or whatever. But uh, it's really nice when people are like down to earth and willing to share. And he was willing to share that night about like all the stuff that he does and everything, which was mm-hmm. great. Right. Yeah. What did, what did your guys' conversation revolve around that night? All around production, yeah. how he got into it. Um, and like I was saying, you know, him reading those liner notes. Mm-hmm. Then his mom every weekend was driving him to and from I think St. Louis to Atlanta when he was like a teenager yeah every weekend she was driving and it, yeah and it, what's that like a seven hour drive no it's like <laughs> one way right no, it's or like something? 14 hours there really from, okay yeah from St. Louis nah. from Wichita to Atlanta is like 14 hours whatever it was it was a huge des- it was yeah. a huge destination yeah. like that, that yeah and so uh we talked about like how much that kind of like I mean he had the work ethic and stuff like that from an early age um, and he was down. He was like doing the things that like I'm, I'm still not even <laughs> doing yet. Like sometimes I'm like after like I said watching mm-hmm. that Ryan Leslie interview. I'm like, what am I doing? It's like I need to call these people. <laughs> it's like sometimes like <laughs> he was he was on that like early age, and obviously that's why he had so much success and is able to create a name and not even I think he 29 or just turned 30 yesterday mm-hmm. or I think he's maybe not even 30 yet. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like so. Um, yeah, it was all around his production and, and what he does and how he tries to draw things out of artists and stuff like that. So yeah, it was it was really cool. I actually think they're putting up a video, if I'm not correct, of all the previous conversations, including that one at some point. So mm. um, hopefully that'll be up there and then everybody can kind of get a chance for those gems and stuff like that. But uh, that's one thing I will say, like you guys are from Atlanta and like the first time I came to see you was my first time in Atlanta. I'll say the one thing that Canada lacks is infrastructure. Being like, in being, as an actual city, n- no, I think 
their infrastructure there is fine, but when it comes to studios and stuff like that, like the way that in Atlanta, it seemed like there was a studio on every block. Yeah. Right. It seemed like there was an opportunity for every kid to get out there and network. And that's why there is so much like synergy between them when they do blow up mm-hmm. because so-and-so was in across the way recording their tracks right. when so-and-so was doing theirs and they were both teenagers. And now that they're 25 and popping, mm-hmm. they have that connection. Like, I feel like in Canada, we don't have really anything like that. So mm-hmm. it's really nice to see house kind of be a center of that. And I hope more of those bits and pieces can, can build out in cities like Toronto and other places. You know what I mean? What, uh, what is the studio scene like up there in Toronto? Is it mostly home studios or? I say a lot of home studios. Like I've been to a couple, there's like a couple bigger ones, but uh, it's not, it's nothing like uh, an Atlanta or anything for, at least from my experience. Um, And I would say there's a lot of producers too. Like, Toronto to me seems to be like the producer hub right now. Mm-hmm. And oh, so yeah. I would just imagine a lot of those producers are just producing at home and friends will come over in this. And there were not necessarily like studio producers in that right. sense because the opportunity necessarily might not be there. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yes, yeah, so I feel like something's in the water. It's you know, definitely one of the reasons why I wanted to move to Toronto because mm-hmm. there's just like a sound there. I don't know what's going on, but like there's a lot of you know, up and coming producers. God bless Eli, Martin Soul. Um, there's a bunch of uh, all the Kingsway guys, mm-hmm. uh, Chris, Illy, Waves. There's so many producers up there that are just like killing it, getting placements, doing stuff that I'm like, how, how did you make that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, it's a great place for me as a producer to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you see yourself staying in Toronto really long term, or? You- yeah, I mean. I like being Canadian. I don't want to lose my citizenship. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, uh, I, I think for me, like Toronto is kind of the spot. My girlfriend's there and stuff like that. I have a pretty uh, good life there. I'm pretty happy. Um, yeah, so for me, I think long-term, that's the thing. And I think with the internet and everything, it makes it more, I can always hop on a flight. That's another thing. Toronto's so close to a lot yeah. of the major spots. It's like, you know, four hours to LA, a couple of hour or two to New York. Like I can be wherever I need to be too. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, it's good for me work environment wise and stuff like that. Besides Toronto, what's your like your favorite city to network in and work in? Hmm. I think I had a really great time in Atlanta, man. Mm. Yeah, I would say honestly, like Southern hospitality is a thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you guys were like everyone would like so courteous and just like showing me around, getting me to the best food spots, all that type of stuff. And it happened when A3C, is it A3C or AC3? A3C. A3C. When A3C was happening, like that's why I was there and it was my first time there. So in general, I really enjoyed the city and everyone was super nice. And then like everyone was super open. Like when I hit you up, you were open to just like chop it up with me and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So like uh, that was, that was, that was really great. Obviously LA is, is like a hub, but like I think sometimes in general with big cities too, it's like you can get lost in the lights. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like you can get caught up in um, the parties and all that type of stuff. So I think it's good to come in when you need to execute and then move out as right. well too. Don't get too caught up in it. You know what I mean? Because okay. uh, yeah, don't lose yourself. Um, so like what does your day-to-day schedule look like? For me, like I'm kind of on like the Tim Ferriss, Gary V <laughs> sort of like, business mind routine where I'm like, I'm up fairly early. I'm not like, actually when I did that radio show, I used to have to be up at four in the morning or so. You had to be there by four? I had to be there at 4.45. So I'd be up at like 3.50 or something, hop on my bicycle and get there. Um, So I'm okay up with like getting up early. But in in general, I'd say I'm up and out of bed by like 7.38 and I'm like right to the studio. Mm. Like for me, like the first start of the week is when I try my best to do samples. 
mm-hmm. my ideas. And I, I recently I've been doing like 20 minute sessions. So I'll bang out as every 20 minutes and then I just move on. I save the project. Then around Wednesday, I go through, I find the best ideas. I spruce them up, adding those textures, RC20, whatever it is. And I send them to all the producers I have kind of in my, my network. Mm, um, so hopefully cool there's some placements and stuff that, that happen there. And I've honestly been able to have like a bunch of opportunities. Like slowly they're starting to happen now. Thanks to like the work I've been doing over the last six months mm. doing that. Then on like a Thursday, Friday, it gives me a chance to just make beats. Mm. So then that can provide the beat store mm. um, or, or other things. You know what I mean? But for me, like in general, like I'm trying my best to, to really stay focused on the music because I just want it so bad, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and I'm looking to like actually maybe hire um, my, my first person or maybe two people within the next coming months because I want to do, I know I can edit, I know I can shoot, I know I can do like my Instagram videos, all that, but I, I'm not sure that's the best use, use of my of time. time. Yeah. yeah, so I think I want to get some somebody around that's really good with graphics and visuals that can handy, handle that and then somebody that can help with like copy and copywriting and creative stuff when it comes to funnels and creating ideas mm. for ads and all this other stuff that's really important too. Because I love doing all that. But again, I think at the end of the day, the thing that pays the bills is the music. And I really mm. should have my head down doing that as much as I can. So yeah, I guess if anyone's listening and you think you might be like that individual that um, is inspired to do some creative in the beat world outside of just creating beats, like maybe send me a DM or something because it's something that I'm seriously, <laughs> yeah, I'm seriously looking forward to to doing in the next coming months. So yeah, shoot your shot. Mm. And I want to make sure we don't confuse nobody. When you say copywriting, you're not talking about copy, like copywriting. Yeah, I need you to be my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> no, co- copy. Like, oh, yeah, no. copy as in actually like if we're doing emails or blogs or whatever it could be. It's right. like, yeah, actual like copywriting, not copywriting my music. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about hiring a full-time lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need someone to push the numbers. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, shit, man. Um, I know you kind of touched on it. If you... Uh, if you had to put yourself in a box, would you say you're more of an artist or an entrepreneur? Hmm. I've been struggling with that recently. My gut tells me I'm an entrepreneur, but I don't think that knocks me being an artist. You know what I mean? Mm. I think my entrepreneurial outlet will always be through any sort of creative. At the end of the day, like that's what I love. It's my passion. You know what I mean? But I'm going to figure out ways to like build business around it. Like mm. I think especially it's important as like a black man is like, we got to be able to like empower ourselves and, and create opportunities to empower others mm-hmm. as well too. And like, you know, I hear that so much from the ditties and Nipsey rest in peace and people right. like that, that stuff like really, I, I think about it a lot, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if anything, I would love to just sit around and make beats and stuff like that. Like that would be the dream. But like, I know if I can create some opportunities and change some of these parts that I'm seeing of the industry, I'm like, I just got to do it. I got to be a part of that change. I can't sit back and not be a part of that. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I would definitely say like entrepreneurial spirit is like a hundred percent in me, but like I'm producer out, man. That's all I geek out on. Like all the interviews you guys do. I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm I'm online. I'm checking all the Instagram. I'm, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, this is, uh, yeah. Like I said, a bucket list thing for me to, to be on the show and stuff like that. It's like, Awesome. Definitely appreciate it, man. That's one thing that always gets us when we find out like the people we're interviewing are actually like, yeah, man, I watched this episode, that episode. <laughs> it's like, I really like that episode. Yeah. It's like, yo. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's, it's super important. It's like to think that you're bringing the community together. We're all learning from it as well too and growing kind of together too. It's like, how can we not all win? It's like right. we, want, we want as a community member, it's like we obviously want to support Producer Grind and like you guys are supporting us by 
speaking with people like Ryan Leslie, and I know you got Cash Money coming up, and all these people like that. Is like, or I guess he probably would have been released by now, Cash Money AP. But like all these people that we want to hear from, and no other platform is giving us that right. that chance to hear it. So shout out to you guys for sure. Definitely appreciate that, man. And there's a lot of shit ton of gems in this one right here. So right. I hope so, man. Yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't sleep on this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we got a segment uh, like we don't do every episode, but uh, we kind of wanted to touch on it with you called Overrated Underrated. Um, so I don't know if you know how this works. We're just gonna ask you. Oh, I know. Name <laughs> he's, a, he's an OG. He's been watching this. Yeah. Know, so. so we'll name some topics and just let us know if it's overrated or underrated. Yeah. Um, Omnisphere. Overrated for me. Overrated. Yeah. Too many people are using it. I haven't had a chance because there's so many goddamn sounds yeah. to really find the ones that I want. And usually when I find them, I'm like, oh, so and so used this. Yeah. It's like it's like the memory. What's the lotus flute? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> you know, it's like so. Uh, Omnisphere is overrated, and I would say Spitfire Audio. If you guys want to check it out, is mm. underrated. underrated. Mm. Go check out the Free Lab stuff. Definitely, mm. especially if you're thinking about doing anything cinematic. No, is Omnisphere cool for like? Is it better for producing or better for film scores? I just don't really use it. Mm. To be honest with you, I have just so many other sounds like. For me, I'm like a synth guy. Mm. Okay. Like I like Archeria. That's what, you know, that's why I wanted that Moog so bad and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I, I would say in general, I'm a synth person. So maybe Omnisphere is just not for me. Okay. Yeah. You use Contact at all? Yeah. Well, Spitfire runs through Contact and oh, I have okay. a bunch of other things that I bought as well too. So I've been actually making my own Contact instruments. Mm. Yeah. Which like is something that, again, like kind of that creative and entrepreneurial uh, side of me is like, some of the textures and stuff like that I'm hearing or that I'm making with like um, the Moog and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I could turn these into an instrument. It's like, mm. why couldn't I? You know what I mean? Right, right. It's like Superstar. Oh, all these other individuals have their VSTs and their platforms. Like maybe I could be the first person to bridge the gap between uh, hip hop and scoring with the hip hop scoring like VST that gives you all the sounds that you would need to like create something cinematic. You know mm, what right. I mean? Because because mm. I have those textures and I have that ear for it. So it's mm. like figuring out ways that I can kind of fit in those worlds. So yeah, I, I really like contact. Unfortunately, I have a 4K screen. Everything is tiny. Oh, <laughs> so, and contact goes. is the one that won't upsize. Mm. It's literally like this. No matter what. Yeah, can't do it. So <laughs> I have my glasses on. Dang, my bifocals. You're working on PC then. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. Mac, Mac, they don't do that. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, because you yeah. know Mac is like a what four or five K screen, but everything yeah. shows up. Normally. Yeah, I do PC just because, like, I mean, originally it was because FL didn't do anything on Mac. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I usually edit on Mac, to be honest with okay. you. I was about to say, I was like, you edit on that. E- editing on yeah. Mac and After Effects and all that stuff is way easier. Okay, on mm-hmm. Mac at least for me, but uh, yeah, music stuff for me is PC. You a mm-hmm. Final Cut or Premiere guy? Uh, Premiere Pro. I mean, I started with Final Cut until they made the switches. So okay. now I'm, I'm, I'm think I'm probably Premiere Pro till the end of time because of the Creative Cloud and and all the the cross. Yeah. Um, like I use After Effects and stuff. I really like fooling around there. Photoshop, obviously, yeah. things like that. So, um, yeah, I'll stick with that. That is underrated. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, Balenciagas. <laughs> Don't own a pair, so I don't really know. Uh, probably overrated. Mm. Hell yeah. Everybody got their fake ass Balenciagas on too. Mm. You notice it ain't real. <laughs> and we're talking to you. <laughs> um, nostalgic vibes like VCR, vinyl cracks, film effects. On underrated. Video. Underrated? Yeah, because I think there's, we haven't even explored. Um, good friend of mine, Dylan, shout you out on my birthday. He bought me a tape player. 
mm. to record and stuff with. I don't even think we've actually explored the real things yet. I think we're using all the plugins like the RC20s the and yeah. the simulators. I think there's still another layer layer and level of like us actually mm. using some of that analog gear True. and, and mm-hmm. it's becoming cheaper and cheaper and more available and stuff and actually recording to cassette and seeing what drums sound like that way. You know what I mean? It's like, so I, I would say it's actually underrated because I think there's a lot of things we still can be doing. Some of the plugins might be overrated, but uh, yeah. You fuck with uh, Gemini Horror on Instagram? No, who's that? Um, Dylan put me on. Gemini yeah, Horror, he, he runs through like analog effects, like um, maybe like a delay or mm. like, a, um, what else he use? Like he's he's got like he modifies cassette players oh, to cool. cr- like uh to create tape loops yeah yeah and like uh and he also like adds his own wobble so he's actually oh, getting real authentic yeah, yeah. wobble and stuff that's really yeah, cool check him out on Instagram it's uh Gemini dot horror or something like yeah, that Gemini, Gemini <laughs> yeah Gemini Gemini dot horror yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, another one that you guys might want to check out too so in Montreal in Canada if you ever go the Synth Palace. Um, I went there recently, um, also for my birthday. Shout out my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, she took me there for the weekend, and um, it's all vintage synths, like thirty thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar, twenty thousand dollar synths, and you can use them all. It's wow. like a museum. It's everything that I could have ever imagined, and like I was, I got to use all of them. I created some crazy samples, all analog. Like I went there thinking, like I actually brought like a connector because I was gonna. I had a bunch of MIDI loops all ready to go that I made, and I was just gonna. Send it to the keyboards and record MIDI. it back. Oh, yeah. Okay. They don't even have MIDI. That's how old um, a lot of the things were. So I was like forced to actually like just play stuff. And I'm not like the best player when it comes like that. But I cr- it forced me out of my box. And I created yeah. so much like I was going like hour by hour. I would switch to a new synth. And I just recorded all those sessions. And I went home and chopped them up, stretched them, all that type mm. of stuff. And turned them into like a bunch of crazy samples. Yeah. And it was like only 20 bucks an hour or something for yeah. these. It was very cheap. I think I, we spent like 100 bucks for four hours. Is she in the music? Because I know I figure she's not just going to sit there she, and watch you do she's it. She's a teacher. She went and 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 uh, she was like, tor- she uh, went to school in Montreal. So she mm. was like doing a bunch of other stuff. She kind of let me create. She just dropped you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, now that, that MIDI out, that, that's fire because I had got uh, one of those Korg FM, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, the mini synths, yeah. you know, it comes with a keyboard yep. and I'm like, damn, I can't, you yeah, yeah, can't, can't really go use crazy it. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh shit, if you buy the, the MIDI out or mm-hmm. whatever, like you can build the melodies in the piano roll and it sends it out there then you route it back in your interface. Just record it. So, so I do that all the time with my Moog. Yeah. Um, I do the MIDI out and MIDI in because like I'm not the best player. And like, I don't want to sit there and waste again when I'm trying those 20 minute sessions. Right. So I just, I'll bang them out right yeah. there, mm-hmm. right? Pretty much draw them and then record them in. So yeah. you get that real analog right. sound and stuff like that. Oh, but yeah. it's not me like actually playing. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. yeah. Drag a MIDI loop in there, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. Like that's, yeah. Boy. yeah, man. I feel like that's like the missing piece. Like when you were producing, you first started, you're thinking like, where's all that shit coming from? But y'all just gave them like, Y'all just gave him the secret right there. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, we'll edit sure. it out. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, last one. This is not an overrated or underrated. Shout out to our Steph, man. Uh, shout out to our Steph. <laughs> shout out to our DJ, Champagne Steph, man. Check him out on IG, too. He's our official DJ. Um, he wants to know, checks or stripes? Wow. <laughs> you can put me on the spot like that, brother? <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> uh, I mean... I got some Nikes on my feet right now. Okay. Cactus Jacks. Say less. Say less. It is what it is. Look at Steph. Shoot, man. Um, uh, I was going to end it there, but there's one question we got to sneak in. Yeah. Uh, as far as relationship building and, and connections, would you recommend trying to connect with as many people as you can or building with a select few people that you may admire or believe in? 
I'd say the the second. I think like there's so many people that shoot their shots, they DM and stuff. Like I do believe like if you message a hundred people, like not everyone's gonna respond. So like definitely do over than what you're doing. But like how shitty is it when you reach out to someone that you really don't even know or care about the work? You just saw like a name on their Instagram and a couple plaques that they say they have, which they might not even have. And it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's mm. like, so I think like bringing value, the only time that I've ever really been able to benefit monetary wise, uh, fulfillment wise, all that type of stuff is when I have real relationships with people. Mm. You know what I mean? So, um, and if you're wondering about that, I would highly suggest you go back and you watch that Ryan Leslie um, podcast that y'all did because that really even made me be like, damn, I got 30 people like he said in my phone that I haven't hit up in six months and these people could like change my life. You know what I mean? And literally since the film came out, like I've been trying my best to close all these loops and get back in touch with people and stuff and be like, yo, I'm making beats. Like I got samples here. Let's work. And like I, 80, 85% of those people have all been receptive. And like, if it wasn't for me just waking up and, and hearing that from him, might not have done that. So I'll show you guys out for that. But uh, yeah, in, in general, I would say play the long game. Don't play the short game. Cause at the end of the day, even if you got a plaque, it's on your wall. It's like, can you eat off that for the rest of your life? Unless you're mm-hmm. old town road. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just, it's just a thing that you can, it's just your ego speaking at that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Build some real relationships and move low key. And like, I don't know. Your boss, boss it up, mm. nip style. Facts, man. Hey, man, we appreciate the gems. We appreciate hey, you. Appreciate you flying out here to do the podcast. Yeah, man. yeah, anytime. Yeah, I, we got to do Atlanta, and and I'm putting this on record, everyone. I've invited them. They got to come to Toronto. Facts. They got to check out Toronto. Um, oh, I think no, it, we've been exposed. <laughs> we've been exposed. I think in the comment sections, let them know that you want to see them up there. We'll put something together. Like I said, I'm happy to help in any way, and I think that'd be something really valuable for the city and stuff like that. So that'd be yeah. really, really dope. Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, we got to bring uh, the VIP session to Toronto. That'd be sick. It'd be Tom really dope. Hall, man. Yeah. yeah, it'd be really great. For 2020 sure. is going down. Let's get yeah, it. let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, shit, man. Appreciate you one more time, man. Appreciate you. Uh, everyone, let them know where they can go follow you if they don't already. Yeah, at my best friend Jacob. Um, check me out on Instagram. Also, like as much as I can, if you have any questions with any other stuff, send me a DM. Like pretty down to earth individual. Hopefully, you've seen that through <laughs> through mm-hmm. this podcast and stuff. If you have questions and stuff, send me a DM. Go get the the analog lab presets yeah. from from the producer grind website. Go um, in the description too. Yeah, yeah, and 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 just try, man. That's that's all you can do is like just try, keep working. Something's got to crack. Boom. Yeah. Perfect way to end it off, man. Hit that subscribe too. Another dope episode on the book. Signing off. Peace, y'all.